Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is episode 12, Rent, part one. This episode is marked as explicit. Hello, everyone. Happy Pride Month. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And today we have a guest we're really excited about. Please welcome Dylan Adler. Hello, Andrew and Eric. Thank you for having me. Hey, Dylan, thank you so much uh, for being on our show. So Dylan is a New York-based comedian, actor, musician, music writer, a very talented man. And not only is he taking the comedy stage by storm, he is also involved in Stapleview, which is this TikTok sketch show, which that's got to be really cool to be a part of, Dylan. It was fun. It was fun. I hope it continues. Yeah, it was a fun time in LA. Yeah, um, so that's put together by Sam Gray, who worked on SNL and like worked with Tina Fey for a little bit. And Sam Gray put together this cast of people, basically of people he found through TikTok, and that included Dylan. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, what was it like to like get that phone call? Uh, It was fun. It was like I, I, I was like so excited, and I, I mean, honestly, when I got the phone, I was like. I was confused. I was like, wait, what, wait, what is this? It's like a sketch show that's gonna <laughs> premiere on TikTok. And I was like, um, and I I was excited, but also I didn't know what, what it would be like and what the experience would be like. But the moment we started, it was so much fun. It was like really good. Um, it was such a fun experience. And they made such a great environment for us to like play around and write. And everyone, I loved everyone who wrote and and um, was a cast member on it too. A lot of my friends who I already knew from like New York stuff were doing the project. So it was really, it was really fun and exciting. Oh, that's really cool. So you already knew a lot of those people already before like yeah. going into that. I knew Sydney Battle and Sarah, uh, Sarah Kofi from New York comedy those are the two people I knew and then everyone else I just became um friends with along the way cool and uh our connection to Dylan we this is another guest who we haven't met (laughs) in person before we're getting all these amazing guests connecting with our queer community around the world and it's awesome but just fun fact Eric and I did improv in college with Shannon Cloud who is producer on stable yes and Shannon got us in contact with Dylan I love Shannon she is amazing Shannon is great she is so she's on top of it she's organized she's so funny and she's she's great I love Shannon I have more questions for you Dylan first I want (laughs) to ask a question that we ask all our podcast guests we haven't done this question in a while but I want to bring it back maybe just because I have a fun answer this time the question is what's the gayest thing you've done this week and I can That's a start. good question. Yeah. I can start because y'all, I'm having a gay old time. It is Memorial Day weekend in Austin at the time of recording this. All the gay, I'm, I'm living in Seattle right now, but all of us gays flew out to Austin. There's so many of us here. I'm seeing all my old friends because I went to school here and I've been to pool parties. It's so nice. We're all in our little bathing suits and soaking up the sun. And I'm at this big beach party at Lake Travis and everyone has their boats up. And so I'm literally recording in the parking lot of this beach party because it caps the car so I'm about to go after this recording and go party on the beach so that's my little gay thing I'm having a great time that's really gay I love it <laughs> really gay really gay <laughs> Eric how about you gay thing I've done this week this actually leads into uh, my consumption of the media we're talking about today Ooh. but Ooh. I was I was at um 
an incredibly straight bar last night uh, <laughs> called The Anchored Inn in Bushwick. Maybe you've heard of it, Dylan. Oh my God, May- I haven't. But I was there with a bunch of my friends and it was me and a bunch of queer people. And um, we were drinking, having a great time, whatever. And then this was like literally last night when I was like, guys, like I'm doing a podcast on Rent the Musical slash movie tomorrow. Like my one friend, Annie, I asked them, I was like, hey, can you give me like a quick, like five minute synopsis just about the music? <laughs> Musical. And my friend Eddie loves musical theater. And they were like, five minutes. No, no, no. And then it turned into like a whole like summer stock production of me like, <laughs> observing like my six friends all retell the story. <laughs> and wow. it was so silly to just like look over and see like a bunch of like straight people drinking and then to have like everyone sort of tweaking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the wow. gayest thing I've done this week. <laughs> it's really gay. I yeah. love that. Yeah, we'll get into this later, but definitely it's so interesting, like, how many gay people really connect to this show and, like, tweak out like that, like, when talking about yeah. it. Yeah. How about you, Dylan? Totally, totally. I think the gayest thing I've done was yesterday night. I went out in like very short shorts and like a tank that was very colorful. And I was doing a show in someone's basement, a comedy show, but it was like very interesting, weird vibes. And it was someone's birthday, but also like, so basically I went on stage and I ate a dick and I it was bad I did like but then like I improvised songs about like there was salmon in the in the room and I was like I want salmon (laughs) it's and like um so and then like I immediately left after my set like a bitch because I was like bye so I guess that's the gayest thing I I, I've done this week it feels pretty pretty gay that's really gay yeah really gay gay. (laughs) yeah oh yeah so you did a set last night you're just are you just constantly um, doing shows right now is that kind of the tea right now i'm doing shows about every night um but they're like shorter sets so it's like 10 to 15 minutes um but yeah yeah pretty much it's like your full-time job now right you've been able to just completely do comedy yeah and i i've been able to make money and yeah i i have been luckily not from shows though from like online content stuff making stuff for like comedy central online and like doing uh, like corporate gigs that pay really well but like um I wish I, it was like more lucrative to do shows every night, but it's like like it's like grocery money. It's like a little <laughs> extra. It's pocket money. That's so cool. Also, I feel like you are like just growing and growing. Our our friend Shannon so far told me when I told her that we were having you on the pod, she said that she saw you at a show in New York, didn't know who you were, and just from watching your stand up set was like, I'm following this guy. She's like, I never do this, but this guy was so funny. I'm going to follow. Oh, him. that's so nice. Yeah. Everyone who sees you love you loves you. Uh, you got if you haven't seen yeah. Dylan's set, like go look up his like musical comedy set. They're so funny. You do such a good yeah. commentary on like being gay, being Asian, and also just like other facets of your life. It's it's very awesome. And thank you, thank you. Another thing that's really cool, just before we go into rent, is that like uh, that you do make content related to being gay, and that's really cool because I feel like it's very easy as a comedian 
begin to shy away from that because we're so worried about being put in that box that you mm-hmm. like want to show like I'm more than just a gay person, which you do show that you're more than just a gay person, but you also have sketches that are like are explicitly gay, which is which is really amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And I also have a gay roommate who's also a comedian. So we just like post some like stupid ass videos that we <laughs> we like think that we make and yeah so it's like when you have a gay roommate you can't help but make a lot of gay sketches (laughs) (laughs) collaboration (laughs) yeah you can't help but collaborate well and it does take two to tango have you done because stapleview you haven't had a chance to like do a show where you're on a date have you or like with someone romantically oh oh i haven't been able to like um i haven't been able to like uh date you say like in the sketch (laughs) oh no 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 i've been able to um yeah yeah, You're I single, did, Dylan. I'm set so I'm single. <laughs> but yeah, I <laughs> God, how rude of that be? You're like, oh, so you you don't get any because you're working on a sketch show. That's what I thought the question was. I'm like, so wait, you're not getting anything because you're so busy with staple view. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> We're like, you perform every single night? Wow, zero time for love. I <laughs> know. <laughs> but I mean, like, we I was able to do some like gay sketches on staple view. Yeah, I think uh, it was, um, I'm glad that I can like do a lot of them with my roommate and like do some queer sketches. And also like I did a bunch of, I think a lot of people on Stable View were queer. So we were able to like get that in there, which was fun. Oh, for real? Oh, that's sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Um, I want to go into talking about Ryan, but I do want to ask you like just a question because you brought it up. I'm curious, how is it like dating as someone who is so busy with their comedy career and does have a following? Like you actually... Uh, you're famous enough that you could be worried someone wants to like use you for your fame or whatever. Like how, what has that been like? Yeah. <laughs> doing it for the fame, fame. I'm doing it for the, that, that, uh, and sorry. No, I, um, <laughs> I guess it's been, um, dating is, well, I mean, like it's partly true about what you said about like, it's, I don't, it's like, I, I'm, uh, it's uh, dates usually happen at night and shows are usually at night. So it's like a little bit harder to find like time to like, you know, do that and do that with people. But um, you know, what's interesting. I feel like some people who um, I've like been on dates, I feel like there's a discrepancy between what they think I'm like, because they've seen me perform or like, heard me on a podcast or like or, or they've like you know seen a video they and it's like I'm not like funny all the time you know it's like there's like time and so I think I've like discovered that there's a little bit of that discrepancy of like people think there's like a perception of like who what the, like who I am just from like a quick glance but then yeah if that, does that make sense totally yeah I feel yeah like, yeah people already have this like fully built conception of who you are yeah, like, yeah 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 please get to know me for me like yeah totally 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 um but i guess that's like a little bit what it's like i'm 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 single and ready to mingle <laughs> you heard it here first listeners you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yes international debut of down to yeah oh my god we cut the podcast right there we're like yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 uh, Eric, anything you want to ask Dylan before we go into this movie? Okay, I actually had a question about, because I thought, because I've been following you for a second now, Dylan, and I feel like I never got, it was right around when you did your backflip at the Universal Dancers thing. <laughs> oh my yes, God. Yes, 
yes. And yes, I was looking yes. at, I was going through your stuff today and I was like, I felt like right around when this was happening, it became like kind of a meme and like people, a little it, bit. I, yeah. it became like people took it a little too seriously. I was like, I wanted to ask you more about like that, that experience in the intentions and everything, I guess. Yes, yes, that was crazy. Actually, I think <laughs> Shannon filmed that. Shannon Cloud filmed that. No way! Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring yeah. us together. <laughs> Bring us the uniter. Um, but it was so basically the intention <laughs> behind that was Stapleview had one day where we went to Universal and we were like film, we had ideas for like some sketches that we were gonna do, but we also had time to like film some like silly content that we thought could be fun. And so we were seeing this Harry Potter, sh like this Harry Potter like performance was happening and there were like 10 people watching and it was like, cool, there was music. And I was like, oh, maybe it'd be kind of funny if like at the end I was like doing a backflip. I was like, oh, uh, show them a little bit. And so we, did it we filmed it and um we i thought of the caption like maybe it'd be funny if it's like i auditioned to be a part of this crew but i was rejected so i came to the first performance and so i thought of that i did that posted that as a caption on twitter at first like my friends were like oh my god yeah this is so funny like that and then like it got so big that people literally thought i genuinely auditioned to be a dancer <laughs> and that I bought a ticket to Universal to see the first performance. And people were dragging my, like people were so mad. And to this day, people are still mad at me. I still get, people are so, were so mad because they thought, they like literally thought that I did this. They were like, you ungrateful, disdainful. Like I was getting DMs of like clown, faggot, clown, faggot. And I'm like, well, oh I am God. like, a, I'm a gay comedian. So you're just describing what I am. <laughs> there was one guy who who commented um white people think they can do anything <laughs> and then someone commented bestie he's asian delete this <laughs> and then he was like okay and deleted it so honestly like slay doing um, the work he's doing the doing work, the work <laughs> doing the work but it lasted for so long and i was like um it's like the thing that i've never had something reached that level of like people like who don't know me like seeing it but for the most part, I was like laughing at it because I like, it's like, okay, it's like ridiculous. It like blew, it, uh, people were like getting so mad about it. Um, Dude, when I saw that but... people were like thinking it was real, oh my God, I was like SMH so hard, but also how freaking hilarious. <laughs> that people I know. Like, fell for that. Oh my God. People really, like people were like, there was an article published in the India Express Times of like dancer auditions to be- <laughs> <laughs> at Universal Studios and gets rejected. There was like something in like the Daily Express or something about like that. I'm like, oh my God, the news is unreliable. This is what it's like. So I cannot crazy. believe that. Like watching crazy. It, it's so obviously a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. <laughs> It was insane. And I was like, it was fun because like the people who know me and like, they were like along with the joke too. And they were like, kind of, it was, it became like, it, it became like its own like thing. So it was like, um, it was and you're still you're reason. still using backflips and you're like now you're trying to put backflips and other stuff just to <laughs> absolutely I'm trying to capitalize <laughs> off of it. 
I like, I did like a new video and then my mom was like, absolutely not. You are just, this is not the best thing you've done, Dylan. Um, but <laughs> you've talked about this on other podcasts that your mom is one of your like harshest critics, right? Like she'll tell you when absolutely, she doesn't like something. Absolutely. She'll definitely tell me. She'll tell me when she doesn't like something, which makes it all the more rewarding when she was like, Dylan, that was funny. We like that. We like that. That was good. But that, not your best. <laughs> Um, yeah, and and uh, that's I, I love my family because they're always honest. All right, so let's talk about rent. First of all, Dylan, you're the one who uh suggested rent, which oh my god, phenomenal choice because it's like mm-hmm. so many people's probably like one of their first looks at so many aspects of gay life. Uh, yeah. what is your connection to rent? My connection to rent, I actually saw rent later on in my life, and I saw the movie first, and I will first I like I I was really like like uh, starting to be like a musical theater composer so I knew I tried to learn I knew some of Jonathan Larson's songs of course and like I tried to learn the chords of like um uh louder than words and his song and from tick tick boom but um I first watched the movie and I was so touched and moved it's like one of those movies that it's one of those musicals that um, you really can't help but cry. It's like d- wicked. You can't help but get the chills. Rent, you can't help yourself <clears throat> but cry because the music is so poignant and the stories, um, it just tells the stories about these characters that have never had a musical written about them before, like prior to this. And um, it, uh, yeah, I just think it's just such a, um, like the music especially is what like moves me the most about Jonathan Jonathan Larson's music is what like really cuts at the core. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the music is certainly the reason that the rent is as well known as it is. Because I feel like people, even if they yeah. haven't seen the movie, they've heard Seasons of Love, which is just like phenomenal and iconic. Like those lyrics are just yeah. so deep. It's when, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. I So this came out in 2005. So I would have been 13. Yeah. Um, I think this was seventh grade for me. And I remember watching it. I was like just starting to realize I was gay, but extremely deeply closeted. And we watched it like some girl put it on at a friend's house and um first of all it's like watch uh watching it now it's like oh it's a little bit complex and like stuff happens fast so for someone with a young attention span it can be hard to follow so yeah. I was like, lost and also like i as, as a as a seventh grader who was like heroin is for bad people i don't know it's like i which i obviously no one should do heroin um but also i think i was less sympathetic to that and so i feel like i was like what's going on who are these people uh but it was also my first time seeing a drag queen i think i was like uh-huh. my friend uh-huh. like my friend like pointed like that's a guy i was like no it's not and he's like she's like yeah it is um so that's like all i remember about my first time seeing it but then i never uh-huh. actually finished it i think i was like too too young for it um uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it was so it was, it's really cool to go back and watch this as an adult how about you yeah. Aaron? do you remember your first time seeing it or like what this was like for you the only i don't really remember much of it from like my childhood um because i didn't really 
I think it was one of those where like the themes were so like older that my mom was like, we're not watching that. I saw the musical in college. They came to like the performance center on our campus and like did a touring performance of it. And like we got like, when I tell you, I got like the nosebleed of all nosebleed seats. It was like top corner. Everyone looked so small. And so that kind of like, I couldn't see anything at all. So I like could hear the music. Music was gorgeous, obviously, but I like really had no idea what was going on and because I just was like so far away I kind of checked out and fell asleep Um, (laughs) but then and then I just kind of like forgot about it but then like last night as I was telling y'all about this like my friends retelling the entire story to me that was a cool experience to watch that like all these gay people coming together to tell like retell this story like so well and like I could see them like having the passion behind telling it and like they had moments where they were like describing like the song to me and like there were even moments where they would like say like and then in this song this happens and the music cuts out and like I was like getting chills as like they were re- retelling it I was like gay people are really good at retelling other gay stories <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah um otherwise yeah I don't have a huge haven't really watched it uh, yeah so but it's yeah. cool though I like the story it was fun I know <laughs> I know it now yeah so just more about the context of the show it is interesting because i think it is it's like a definitively gay story it has gay kissing lesbian kissing um drag queen and it also because the of the song's popularity i think this reached beyond just musical theater people and so for a lot of people it might have been like their first time seeing some of these gay characters in general like the first representation some people yeah saw. yeah yeah it was definitely like the first um um musical that was on broadway that ever like like featured people that were like that were queer that were like a lot of POC that weren't able to like um, be featured on Broadway before and like it was the first show that really Broadway before that was a lot of like uh, um, talking like wealthy white people and their rom and like you know it's about their love story and it's like you know it's about it's like a rom-com with music about these two wealthy white people but like it was very um, groundbreaking to have a Broadway musical that featured people um, or that featured a personal story from the composer like that like those these were people that he knew that were his friends yeah yeah it's, it's incredible how much like yeah. musical theater has a reputation for being this big gay thing but there's truly not that many gay stories in musical theater mm-hmm. yeah a lot of them are written by gay people but like are not not a lot of um yeah not a lot of gay stories interesting yeah, um dylan do you know or this is could be something i researched but last night as my friends were telling me about it they were saying that like mm-hmm. angels in america kind of yes. come out like right i don't know if it was right before before it was before yeah and but it was like rent still kind of like packed a punch when it came out because i think musical theater just does reach farther into the general community than plays do yeah and so like yeah like rent just kind of like nailed the like punched the nail in that like absolutely like this kind of representation i know jonathan larson was absolutely very inspired by angels in america because i've read it and you see it like it's 
very a lot of similar themes and weaving out and it was also about Tony Kushner had friends who you know passed away of AIDS and it was like um it was like a personal story it was a personal story that uh Tony Kushner was writing and it was a personal story that Jonathan Larson was writing and so I also um, Rent did reach a yeah, little farther I also yeah. didn't know that um John I heard Jonathan Larson like passed away like the night before or previews yeah of yeah oh my god yeah. it's so tragic the night before the previews he passed away from like a heart rupture it was like a misdiagnosis and um god it's just so like the story is so because the morning of the reading like they were like no we're gonna do a reading we're not gonna do it um and so they were doing it and then after la vivo m the end of the first act they were like you know what we're gonna do it in full this is what jonathan would have wanted and they did it in full and at the end it was like the room was like awestruck and it was just like the most beautiful moment and then someone whispered thank you jonathan and it was just like you just sent chills down my spine. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Isn't that such a, it's such a tragic, but um, he knew it was going to be big. And I, yeah, it was just um, such a crazy story. Yeah. Too. Yeah. One other um, thing I want to talk about in terms of context around this, when this show came out is it's also like one of the first or maybe the first like big show to really talk about AIDS. And it's mm -hmm. so interesting as I've been doing like more research and like watching more gay media, what's becoming apparent is like, so I'm 30, right? So I HIV has always been something to, to be worried about. But because by the time I like grow, grew up, like we had condoms, we had much more awareness uh, about HIV and how to like avoid it. And now we have PrEP, right? So it's like HIV and AIDS, what it is to us is just a completely different ball game from what it used to be. And it used to be like something that was just an omnipresent thing. Like if you were gay, you and all your friends had AIDS. I mean, that's what I, I that's what I'm gathering just from like this, what I'm reading about these older stories, right? And certainly in different mm -hmm. communities. And it's like so interesting to think about like what impact that has on your psyche and your identity as a gay man. Like being gay 30 years ago is, was probably just besides the homophobia, just that aspect of it mm -hmm. is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And that generation is true. Yeah. Like yeah. true survivors in that generation. And like in New York, there was a study of like 50% um, of, of gay men in New York passed away. 50% uh, in New Holy. York. Holy. Just to think, oh just to like, God. to think about that now, it's just un, like unreal and it's like unfathomable. And like people, like, like gay men who are older, like they all, all of them know someone, know multiple people who passed away. And it's just like, they've survived so much trauma in that way and so much grief and so much government like apathy. And um, it's like really tragic. It's really, really um, tragic. Yeah. And at that time, like there was, it used to be worse and it's gotten so much better, but the stigma around HIV and how yeah. basically, as you said, there was so much government apathy because they're like, oh, why bother treating this disease? It's only affecting gay people and drug addicts. It was like, yeah. extremely yeah. toxic and homophobic. And so I think it is powerful to have something that like showcases what these people are like, whether they're a drug addict, whether they're gay, like just they're real people. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So should we watch the musical? Let's do it. Woo! Hey. Woo -hoo. I ain't a nerd. 
This concludes part one. Check out the next episode for part two. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love if you'd leave us a review or follow us at Rainbow Room Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks. Thanks.